Everybody and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. This 15th episode is for the week of August 6th, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our Animal Ambassador of the Week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic, and this week I am so happy to have my first repeat guest, fellow musician, astrologer, and tarot consultant, Annalisa Six, join me, in one, join me once more on the podcast in a discussion on Round 2, New Moon Solar Eclipse in Leo. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's Astro Report. Our lunar lady is winding down her waning phase as we head towards this week's solar eclipse in Leo, early Saturday morning. At least on the Pacific coast, that is. Uh, But we start out the week with our silver goddess in the thought-provoking sign of Gemini, where she chats it up until moving into the sensitive waters of Cancer around midweek. Our emotional and security-oriented selves are heightened until Luna moves into the fiery, heart-based land of Leo late Thursday evening, and where she will remain throughout Saturday, making her new moon eclipse conjunction along the way. On Sunday, our reality lens begins to focus as she moves through the practical Earth sign of Virgo. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about eight hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours, basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Um, so we are back to another active week of planetary configurations. Uh, both the Sun and Mercury make tense configurations to growth-oriented Jupiter, um, while also meeting in a halfway point of the retrograde cycle when Mercury makes its inferior conjunction to our solar light, the Sun. Venus will also officially move into her domicile of Libra uh, while she'll talk to Mars retrograde in Aquarius, uh, to Chiron in Aries, and to Saturn in Capricorn along the way. And oh, what about that new moon eclipse in Leo? Oh my gosh, so much action. So let's not waste any time and dive right on in. 
On Monday, we start with our moon in Gemini, and she will make a sextile to the sun and square Neptune along the way. And we have two notable things happening on Monday. Um, We have the sun making its bi-yearly square to Jupiter, and we also have Venus moving into Libra, the sign, one of the signs of her domicile. Um, And so let's talk about that sun square Jupiter first. And I know I mentioned a lot of this on last week's podcast uh, because a lot of these events were kind of brewing along the way. Um, And so we have the sun, which is that life-giving force, that vitality, that, you know, that self-will, self-awareness, and usually a turning of the page when uh, the sun makes uh, an aspect um, to another planet. Uh, And squares are known to bring events or action into place, or we're challenged um, in some way into action. And Jupiter is really about expanding our world's view and growing um, and expanding where we need to, and then movement is put into place. Um, And so really not many planets are direct right now uh, in motion. We have a lot of retrograde planets right now, yet Jupiter is one of them um, that is not retrograde. (laughs) And the sun, of course, as well, because the sun never goes retrograde. So I have a feeling with this bi-yearly square, uh, which we were probably feeling a lot the week prior, as I mentioned, uh, will have us looking at the changes that need to be made in life and where we must take action and set boundaries into place so that we may walk that road. The heart is speaking and asks us to honor our true passions while also challenging us to narrow down just what those are. There is a chance for overindulgence or overcommitting oneself when this aspect arrives. So be aware of possible overextension in some way. But either way, we are being pushed forward in life and there may be some growing pains and creative problem solving that we'll need to do in order to get there. And so now with Venus moving into Libra, uh, our lovely lady Venus uh, is moving into her daytime domicile, uh, which is Libra. Her nighttime is uh, Taurus. And so Venus is very much at home in the relationship dynamic of Libra and is likely to be opening up for greater peace and harmony, particularly within re- uh, relationships, partnerships, um, any of those ships in <laughs> uh, our creative projects, um, and just peace and balance in general uh, as she travels through Libra until September 9th. But that won't be the end of Venus's stay in the sign of the scales uh, because she will be going retrograde in the month of October and will eventually revisit uh, Libra from October 31st to December 2nd. So there will be a lot of balancing and going back over much of what has happened in the partnership or creative zone from now until later on in the year. And even though Venus loves her time in Libra, the first 10 degrees of her stay may be a little rocky as we try to find balance within our social lives and relating tactics. Uh, We'll make several aspects this week, uh, which I'll discuss in more detail a little later on in the podcast. So the second Venus moves into Libra, she's kind of going to get a little worked, (laughs) just so you know. Now, the bottom line for Monday is uh, today communications and socializing are up, and we have the opportunity to get our emotions and will on the same page if we take at, you know, the time, take out a little bit of time for ourselves. Um, Some doubts or escape tendencies may try to sneak in later in the day, especially with that square to Neptune. So just excuse yourself from the world and take some me time um, and or get an early night's rest. 
Now, on Tuesday, we have the moon still in Gemini, but she will move to Cancer uh, later in the day, at least here on the West Coast. Um, and along the way, she'll sextile Mercury very, very early in the day and then square Venus, that Venus that just moved into Libra. Um, and so we have a couple things going on that day. We have Uranus, who is stationing retrograde in Taurus. And we also have Venus uh, making a trine to Mars retrograde uh, over in Aquarius. And so uh, let's talk about Venus at trining Mars real quick first, since we were kind of on the Venus tip. Um, so once again, we're, t- you know, Venus, that relating principle, relationships, um, you know, cultivating balance and harmony and opening up in our lives. Uh, we'll be making a trine, which trine is rapid development. You know, everything's flowing. There's no obstacles in the way. Um, and that will be contacting our Mars, who is retrograde, that that action, that drive, um, our motivation, our anger, uh, you know, some cutting of some sort. And so I feel in this pair, you know, with a trine, you would think everything's flowing and things are going nice, but that's not always the case, especially since she, uh, Venus will make some challenging uh, aspects a little later on the week, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, but because of her meeting Mars retrograde, and, uh, you know, planet retrograde is not as strong as it would like, so I think Venus has kind of got the the upper hand here. Um, so charm is up a bit as our lady Venus is flowing with Mars, who is retrograde. Um, and especially since, you know, it's retrograde, it can be a little tricky, but I have a feeling that, you know, that Venus is going to have the say here. Um, and this could be a time where we get to air out our relationship matters with another, possibly even smoothing over some ruffled feathers that may have happened the week prior. Attraction is certainly lit up at this time, but acting on it might not be the smoothest of energies with Mars since it's in a detached air sign of Aquarius and it's in that uh, backwards motion retrograde. However, old creative old creative projects may certainly enliven, you know, with some new ideas or a new plan of attack at this time. So if you've got some things on the back burner, this could also be the time, uh, like a good time to revisit those things and to maybe innovate your approach um, in order to move forward. But either way, it's a little bit of a heady mix since we're talking about two air signs here. Um, so most of it is, will play out in the intellectual or more communicative zone. Or at least I think it should be that way. <laughs> now, uh, Uranus stationing retrograde is is big news as well because here we have another planet that is going retrograde, and so a lot of our energy is in in you know backwards motion in a sense. Um, and just a note, this can be very significant for those who are going through a Uranus transit. Uh, so if you have planets from zero to four degrees of a fixed sign. Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius, or 27 to 29 degrees of a cardinal sign, Aries, Cancer, Libra, or Capricorn, uh, this can be a very potent time for you. And so just pay attention because when a planet stations, uh, that means that, you know, it's very strong right now. And Uranus is going to be stationing for the first time uh, yet since it has moved into Taurus, uh, which it did, I believe, back in May. Um, So this will be the first time we'll have that stationing energy coming from um, the land of the bull. 
And so with Uranus uh, as the planet of innovation, awakening, and liberation, um, with it going retrograde, we take those principles from the outer world and then integrate them into the inner realm. And so there may be insights that come in during this period that clue us into what is needing to change on an inner level and our fresh perspectives or how fresh perspectives and innovative approaches in these areas will be necessary to free us from outdated influences. Um, So kind of out with the old and in with the new, so to speak. But um, this happens for a long time, so it's not going to happen overnight. It's just kind of switching modes in a way. And so while in Taurus, we are reinventing our internal structure of what can give us peace, security, sustainability, and true value in life, things of the more earthly realm. And while in Aries, because it will retrograde back to Aries, uh, we'll be freeing ourselves for greater courage, independence, and self-assertion, things of a more spiritual realm. And so for those of us not directly affected by Uranus hitting a planet or an angle in our charts, it will still be a time of internal revolution where we can start to change our perspectives in the areas related to Taurus, while also putting the finishing touches on the Uranus and Aries cycle that we have been living since 2010. Um, And so Uranus will retrograde back into Aries on November 6th. Uh, So we will have a handful of months to retrograde back over this Taurus territory before wrapping it up with the Aries transit. Um, And Uranus will eventually station direct on January 6th of 2019. And so I know that was a lot, (laughs) Um, but the bottom line for Tuesday is that we have a bit of a two-part day going on uh, with an active thought-provoking first half of the day, um, which will then turn into a more emotional, feeling-based vibe in the evening. And so vulnerabilities may arise in partnerships, yet if we can detach ourselves a bit and approach things from a more rational side, that can be of help. Um, So work with any unexpected material that comes up and see how you can turn it into an opportunity for inner renovation. Now, on Wednesday, uh, the moon is officially in Cancer and will sextile Uranus, oppose Saturn, trine Jupiter, and then also trine Neptune. And so the fun is not over yet. We still have plenty of things going on. Um, And so for Wednesday, we have two things of note. We have Mercury, uh, who is retrograde, will be making its inferior conjunction to the sun. That means it's in its halfway point of the cycle. um, And it is going to to meet the sun to basically kind of start its own uh, uh, new moon in in a in a way. Um, And we also have Venus who will be making an opposition to Chiron. And I know I don't talk about too much about Chiron on this podcast, but I think this one is going to be particularly important. And I do follow um, this this lesser known um, body that is out there. And we'll get into that in a second. But first, let's talk about this Mercury retrograde conjunct the sun. Um, And so Mercury, where we are talking about information, thought processing, distributing, communicating. Um, But we are in retrograde. So we are rereading everything, reviewing, uh, reassessing, um, you know, reanalyzing, all those types of things. And so here we have a conjunction, which conjunctions represent new cycles when energies merge and become one. And these energies, this mercurial energy, is merging with the sun, that life, that vitality, that self-awareness, that turning of a page. 
And so um, now that we're halfway through our Mercury retrograde cycle, thank goodness, I know it's been getting me on a couple <laughs> levels for sure. Um, you know, essentially we've been uh, contemplating what lights up the heart, you know, what brings true joy and what represents our authentic creative spirits. And now that we're reaching this inferior conjunction with the sun um, and earth and Mercury, because basically the, the, all of them are meeting together, um, is, is when this new Mercury phase starts. So it's, it's a bit like having an aha moment where we know, um, you know, we now know what the mind can release as well as the inspiration that is uh, going to guide us forward. But there can be a bit of a tension uh, that happens uh, that, you know, um, through this motion, you know, when we align like this. Um, and it's not necessarily that we're really that clear yet. Um, so it's not necessarily the right time to put the thoughts into motion per se. Um, but Leo likes to live in the moment. So containing ourselves as we move forward with our new nuggets of information can be a little challenging. So as a word to the wise, we can experiment while Mercury is still retrograde, yet we want to be cautious with just how far we go in this moment. So use this time as a fruitful period of research and get all your ducks in a row first. There are still some kinks to work out, and communicating now can lead to miscommunication later. So just hang in there and formulate your ideas with more solidity. Um, and then there will be plenty of time to bring this new awareness into the light once the messenger, and Mars for that matter, goes direct. Now, with the Venus opposing Chiron, uh, once again, we're talking about Venus, that relationship principle, that balance, that harmony in our lives, uh, and what we open up to is going to be opposing, you know, uh, a bit of a tug of war or calling to be have a decision made or a choice made about something um, with Chiron. And Chiron represents the wounded healer or basically pain that arises to remind us of a wound that is a lifelong challenge uh, that we have. Um, and the moon on Wednesday happens to square that point as well. So we're really going to be feeling this, I think. And so since Chiron can trigger old wounds within us, I have a feeling that we will have some painful reminders come up that confront us with old forms of relating that no longer are in balance with the people we are today. And so uh, because Chiron is in Aries, issues around assertion may arise with the need to decide on when we need to be more active about going after what it is we desire versus when we need to rein it in and pull it back um, a bit from that pursuit. So if something comes up around midweek that has your heart wince a little bit, pay attention to it in order to learn from the pain. And so the bottom line for Wednesday is that energy continues to wane and our minds are getting in touch with our hearts. Emotions are flowing today and could be a bit overboard with a more subjective view of life as sensitivities are up with that moon in Cancer making a grand water trying to Jupiter and Neptune. Um, yet this can be a positive thing or not so positive depending on how it all makes you feel. Um, so painful triggers may arise that have us facing that which causes some sort of suffering. Now, on Thursday, uh, we have the moon still in Cancer, but she will move to Leo late in the day. And along the way, she will make an opposition to Pluto very early in the morning and then uh, oppose that Mars retrograde in Aquarius. 
Um, and so we have yet another aspect going on on Thursday. The fun is never ending here. <laughs> and we have Venus making a square to Saturn, who is his retrograde at the moment as well. Um, so once again, we're taking that Venusian principle of relating, um, and we have a square going on. So that means challenge, uh, you know, we're uh, forced into action in some way. Um, with Saturn, which represents structure, responsibility, commitment, authority, foundation, consolidation, and basically the long term of something. Uh, and because it's retrograde, you know, we got to keep in mind that a lot of this has kind of happened on more an internal level, or at least we're coming to terms with it there. And so here we have two planets in their own domiciles battling it out, so to speak. And with all that I talked about prior regarding to Venus, this is certainly a time where we may have difficulty relating to others, even when we try our hardest. So compromise will be necessary to move forward while also regarding the long-term viability of a situation. Fears in relation to partnerships, uh, and those can be personal, business, friendships, etc., and our creative lives may arise, and there is the chance of feeling rather isolated from others, and the world for that matter. Um, And dissatisfaction may arise, and it's just a period we just kind of have to get through. Commitments may be challenged, and we are bound to take things more seriously than they should be. So keep that in mind. So just move through the period and reconnect with yourself for greater awareness until the energy dissipates. Now, the bottom line for Thursday is uh, we kind of have another two-part day going since the moon's in two signs, and powerful emotions continue to flow, and there may have been some intense dreams that happened last night, especially with that opposition to Pluto. Um, And there is the potential for drama in the air later in the day as the moon moves into fiery Leo and makes that opposition to Mars retrograde. And with that Venus square to Saturn, this can potentially be a volatile day for relating and expressing emotions as well. So just be aware and be gentle with yourself and others. Now, on Friday, uh, we have the moon officially in Leo, uh, and she will square Uranus, sextile Venus, square Jupiter, and conjunct Mercury. So a lot going on on Friday. Um, And yet again, we have another thing happening, and that is that Mercury retrograde who will be making a square to Jupiter. So we've already had the sun square Jupiter. We've had Mercury retrograde meet the sun. And now that retrograde Mercury is going to square that Jupiter point. So it's almost like the changes that were happening earlier in the week or the mind is now really on board with that. Um, And so, you know, I originally talked about the first pass of Mercury uh, meeting Jupiter back in episode 11 when we had it actually happen on my birthday, July 9th. And at that time, Jupiter was stationing and about to resume forward motion. So now our second installment of the story with Mercury, who is now retrograde, and, and contacting a forward Jupiter. So they've kind of switched positions in a way. And so I feel like this transit is timed uh, well with that inferior conjunction I just talked about earlier and the fact that we have a solar eclipse in Leo conjunct this point on the following day. And so this could certainly be a day where we uh, are wanting to blow the top on anything we've been dwelling on on the inside. Yet with Mercury retrograde, I feel like if we don't watch for going too far, that we may disrupt the changes that are being made in regards to our emotional healing and future directives. Um, And Leo and Scorpio together can be a bit dramatic, so this is a day to be aware of as the moon will also cross over Mercury, allowing our emotions in the moment to trigger our mouths. And so it's a good 
it's a good day to communicate, but at the same time, don't give it all away. Um, and minds are still changeable to some extent. And this could be one of those miscommunication days. So just be aware of that. Um, but on another note, this can now be the time where the big picture that we've been chewing over is now challenged by rebirthing energies that are working to restructure our lives. Um, and that big picture may form another layer of detail, yet there is still plenty to work through still. Uh, so let the story play out as Mercury will, make, Mercury will make its last square to Jupiter when both will be direct on August 27th. Uh, now to the weekend. On Saturday, we have our solar eclipse in Leo. Um, very early in the morning, uh, at least here on, in the U.S., uh, and then the moon will move to Virgo later in the day. And the only aspect that is happening that day, um, f- for anything, even the moon, uh, is our solar eclipse. Um, and so, of course, this is the second solar eclipse we're having this summer, um, and Annalisa and I are going to chat up about it in much more detail later in the program, so hold on for, for more of that. Um, but here's a couple of my quick thoughts, you know, for this second go-around. Um, and do keep in mind that I, I publish an in-depth article on each lunation over at my energeticprinciples.com website, uh, so check that out once it is up. And of course, if you're interested in my moon horoscopes, that can be found on Patreon as well. Um, So now that we're into our last eclipse and what has been a rather eventful season, I have to say, uh, there's been a lot of action. Um, And there are a lot of planets still in retrograde motion. So I see this new moon as being quiet in some respects, Um, even though new moons are usually quiet. But I feel like this one is particularly so for some reason, Um, which is good because, you know, the real work happens on the inside, especially with having so many planets retrograde. So we are now clearer with our intentions since Mercury met the sun and we can align with what we love and make decisions for future action. It may take some time to get going, yet I have a feeling that if we honor what brings us joy in life and how to express ourselves in an authentic fashion, we will see more permanent changes slowly infiltrate into our lives over the next six months. Um, now, Mars won't actually act reactivate this point because they say that, you know, if Mars, an eclipse point gets activated once Mars hits it. Um, and Mars isn't going to hit this point until July 31st of 2019. So we can kind of look to that time period as well to see when much of what we intend for now will be fully in motion. And so the bottom line for Saturday is it's a, it's a quiet and clear day. I think with all the action in the week that this eclipse will be particularly, you know, very quiet as it happens, uh, especially since it's in the wee hours of the morning. Um, so look for dreams that may be of key symbols into what the eclipse holds for you. Um, and also spend the day doing what you love and holding space for your heartfelt intentions. Um, and last but not least, after such a busy week, Sunday, we have the moon officially in Virgo. Uh, and early on in the day, she'll be in a grand trine with Uranus and Saturn. Um, and then she'll sextile Jupiter and then oppose Neptune. And so of note on Sunday, we have Mars, uh, that retrograde Mars will officially move back into Capricorn. Um, And so, you know, Mars has been retrograding back into the sign of of Aquarius for some time now since it went retrograde in late June. Um, But now it's moving back into its sign of exaltation and we'll be feeling and we'll be feeling a little bit more at home um, than that lengthy period in Aquarius. 
And so I think we will begin to refocus back on our goals and ambitions while mulling over the planning needed in order to make such things a reality. And so Mars visited this zone uh, when it was direct from May 10th to 15th. Um, So you may want to look back at that time to see what you were planning to act on then and how that may have changed now. Mars is moving at a snail's pace and will be at this, uh, in this two-degree zone of late Capricorn until he stations direct on August 27th and won't actually officially move back into Aquarius until September 10th. All right. And so the bottom line for Sunday is that action energy is shifting states of awareness. And with the moon uh, now in Virgo, there's certainly a more grounded, earthy vibe for most of the day. Uh, Peace has the opportunity to sneak in if we let go of some things first. Uh, We may uh, have greater problem-solving capabilities at this time, too, as our critical faculties are up with that moon in Virgo. Um, It could be wise to take the time to maybe tidy up your surroundings, uh, as it will help to kind of clear and refresh the energy for the coming week ahead. Um, so to wrap it all up, it, it seems we have one heck of a week in store once again. We may be doing a lot of internal work as the moon wanes down to make her solar eclipse conjunction, yet it won't be as quiet as it may normally be on her monthly downswing. Um, so take your time with yourself and others and do your best to align with your heart and bring life back into balance. So let's take a look at the cards that I pulled because they seem to add another uh, little layer or dynamic into this week. And so this week I pulled the Queen of Cups as the focus and the Seven of Wands as the grounding. And with the Queen of Cups as the focus, our feeling natures are lit up this week and it is of great interest that we honor what it is we feel. By feeding into the nourishment and guidance that our emotions are trying to convey, we can help bring ourselves back into harmony. By being compassionate and empathetic to others, and especially to ourselves, we can help calm any emotional undercurrents that may be attempting to pull us under. Uh, So watch for that fine line of taking on another person's troubles, as it can lead you astray from what your own emotions are trying to convey at this time. Now, with the Seven of Wands as the grounding, there is a res- there's a resolute nature to this card, uh, especially in relation to our queen. So the Seven may bring a sense of defensiveness to a situation or the need to say no rather than compromising or giving into another's, ris- another's wishes. Um, and there is a bit of resistance here, um, and the Queen of Cups is most likely the queen to give in to another's demands. Um, so she's kind of vulnerable or uh, very impressionable in that way. But at the same time, there is the message of sticking to your guns, and what we are emotionally intuiting at this time may need to be backed up with the strength of the seven. But on that other hand, if you are already enmeshed in a pointless battle of sorts, uh, that queen may be guiding you to find compassion for your opponent and find a resolution that can bring back the peace. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the mountain goat. This adorable hoofed beast is here to say that something is out of balance in our lives and it's time to correct it. Immediately, I think of Venus moving into Libra this week while opposing Chiron and Aries and squaring Saturn and Capricorn, which uh, happen to be two hoofed signs, if we think about that ram and that goat. 
Um, and so both Venus and Libra represent the principle of balance and harmony. So it seems rather fitting to have uh, the mountain goat as our animal ambassador this week. So if you have been feeling a bit off, now is the time to look into the source of the problem and make the corrections needed to bring back the peace. We may want to look at areas of our lives that we have been overextending ourselves, you know, especially if we're talking about those squares to Jupiter. Um, Or if feelings and or thoughts that have been indulged upon in excess are creating that um, that imbalance. So the goal is to help even out whatever has tipped the scale in one direction or, you know, in one direction or the other, um, so that our spiritual, emotional, and physical equilibrium can be restored. Now, if you'd like to go deeper with how the energy of the week will interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. Um, We have a nice little group going, and I just love doing their weekly spread, so I'd love for you to come check it out. It doesn't matter if you know a lot about the cards or if you know very little, you know. Um, It's a good learning tool and a good learning environment. But it also helps take these astrological transits that I speak of and then put a more personal touch um, on them with the with the card placements. Um, There's also a crystal I highlight and an inspirational quote as well. And it's just like a nice little package to to connect with yourself during the week. And so last week we worked on um, next level growth. And this week we are, of course, going to be working on that solar eclipse in Leo and how that is setting up energy in the future. So if you want to find out more um, and see what it's all about, uh, because it is only $6 a month, for many spreads and a lot of uh, extra support. Um, So if you'd like to join our community, please check out my Patreon page at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right, I'd love to welcome my special guest for this week, Annalisa Six. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yay. And Annalisa is back for the second time. If you have listened to previous versions of this podcast, I believe you were on, I want to say episode five, I think. Uh, it's okay if you yeah, don't right? remember. <laughs> You're like, right to me. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, which I think I, I already forgot what episode this is. I think this is 15. So 10 episodes later, wow. Annalisa's back. Awesome. Um, and I'm so happy to have her here, uh, because last time she was here, we actually talked about new moon, new normal, which was the new moon in Taurus, uh, that happened in mid-May and around the time that we had our first Mars Uranus square happen, uh, which I really feel like that kind of kind of kicked off the next coming months. And here we are again, about to be in, uh, what I'm titling round two, the new moon solar eclipse in Leo. So we are squaring that original point that we had, a uh, initially talked on. So I find it quite perfect to have her back. Uh, so Annalisa, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Um, I live in Oakland, California, and I do tarot and astrology readings here um, for about a year and a half now. I'm a Leo, so this is a very exciting time for me right now. I'm excited to talk about it. Yes. And yeah, that's about it. I have two dogs, an Aquarius French Bulldog and a Cancer Boston Terrier. Oh, how do they get along? They wrestle. They they fight sometimes. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Likes to dominate the cancer. That's funny. Oh well. Do you find the Aquarius uh, um, gravitates to you more being the Leo? 
Yeah, actually, he totally does. He kind of, that's partially though, I think, because he bullies the other dog away from me. So the other dog can only really be with me when he's like done with me. When it, when he allows it to happen. He allows it, like, yeah. okay, I've had my time. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we need a whole like podcast on like uh, dogging cat charts because I think that would be fascinating. Uh, I don't know what I have my kitty Loretta. I don't know what her sign is because when we adopted her, they they gave her the birthday of January first, twenty fifteen, and I was like, that probably isn't right. And they're like, yeah, it could be a six month time period in between. So yeah. who knows? I need a pet psychic to let you know, like, what... That's right. telling you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> For more than just the age, trust me. And well, and it's funny, too, because she, when I got her, she was, like, two and a half or something, or supposedly two and a half. And then we had to get a surgery a handful of months later for her. And the vet at that time was like, I don't know. With, that, with what she had, I would think she's more like seven or eight. So who knows? I don't know when this cat was born or how old it is, so... <laughs> That's the thing about adopting. You'll never know. You'll never know. Unless I get that pet psychic, right? Yeah. Get in there. I've had, I've known people that have, um, have kind of sworn by uh, a few people that have had really good luck with pet psychics for their animals. So that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe I will have to look at it. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. Well, we are here to talk about this new moon solar eclipse in Leo. And I wanted to hear it from the Leo's mouth (laughs) since you've probably been (laughs) up in the mix um, for actually several, last couple of years as we've had a lot of eclipses in the Leo Aquarius realm. Have you found your life to have significantly changed in that time period? Yes, totally. The first like significant one, I guess, was like 2016. Mm. And that I wasn't studying any of this stuff the way that I am now. And so I wasn't aware that that's what was happening. But if I think to 2016, 2017, 2018, it's all been a lot for sure. So I'm like, oh, okay. The more aware of it I am, though, I feel like the less it knocks me around. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's usually the, the case of it when we can like kind of really put our minds around what has happened, where we've come, where we're going, all that. It seems helps stabilize it a bit. <laughs> but in the moment, woo, um, I have a lot of planets in Leo myself, so I, I was not left out of the of the fun <laughs> for sure. What, what's that? What planets do you have in Leo? I have Mercury and Jupiter conjunct. Oh, um, nice in a, in a less than a degree orb. Um, and then I have my midheaven is in Leo. Oh, that's great. So yes. So, so the world sees the Leo. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, very positive. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it has been, I mean, there have been challenges for, for sure. Uh, just like you're saying, you know, things have certainly changed. Um, but, uh, just the journey has been, has been a fun one when I, when I look back on it, you know, and step out of like particular like detail, step out of my Saturn and Virgo self, like picking right. apart <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, but there have definitely been some good moments. And Leo is all about that, the moment, you know, living oh, in the yeah. here and now. Um, so, all right. Now, speaking of the here and now, we have round two. We have our second solar eclipse. What are you? What do you think about the first one that happened? Did you notice anything with the cancer? Uh, basically, Ooh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like I notice it more with my clients because 
the way that I, I feel bet like it, it's a positive thing to be a reader because mm-hmm. you spend so much time helping others when there's these difficult transits that sometimes it's hard to really, like you don't have to sit with your own stuff in such an isolated way. Like it's kind of like, okay, like everyone's feeling a lot yeah. right now. It's not just me. So it kind of helps me separate from the effects of it. But I feel like it was really um, an emotional time. I had a lot of people reaching out to me just saying that they were just continuously crying and just like kind of at a loss for a lot of things going on in their lives. So yeah, I felt like the first one, I kept telling people, remember it's an, it's a, an eclipse right now. Like, yeah. I was like what's happening right now? And I'm like, eclipse, eclipse. Don't right? forget. Don't forget. Yeah. Well, and it's funny how, I don't know if you had this happen, but um, when we have moments like this, you know, people maybe you haven't even talked to in a long time out of the woodwork or like there's something going on. Why are yeah. people acting so quick, acting so crazy? Is people well, nuts? <laughs> the answer one I feel like was the most um, past-oriented eclipse for people mm. this year. Like for me, what I see this eclipse period being is like a shadow of last year's trifecta, and that this is like our last little period to really solidify, like basically all the themes that came up during eclipse season last year came back this year for people. And so they're seeing like, wow, that person I broke up with back last summer during blah, blah, blah time, all of a sudden reached out to me for the first time Mm -hmm. during that eclipse. And they're like, I thought I was over this. Like I thought I would work through this. I'm getting all the same buttons pushed again. And my response was like, well, that's because what you didn't heal, like that little last bit that needs to get kind of drilled out, the universe is anything that was kind of left over, I feel like, from that period that didn't get healed up until now. This is like our time to heal it Mm. through this period. And then it's kind of like, because the nodes change, right? So like this is our last hurrah in this (laughs) bubble uh-huh. this once this eclipse happens this is really like okay set this intention because the node's not going to be here anymore like we're moving into the next cycle or whatever and so i kind of like i had a reading special where i i kind of the two first eclipses i paired together in a reading and kind of it was like the um the cancer one i called um active healing Cause it was, we had to, we had to choose what we were going to heal. Whereas in some cases, sometimes I feel like we're forced into it, but I feel like this was very much like, no, you need to actively decide right now that you're self healing in this little bubble with the solar energy and then the lunar letting it go. And then here we are in the, hopefully this period, you're letting that stuff go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when it comes and you have an opportunity to like, you know, set it on fire. Yeah, set it in mo- set it in motion, or or make it fixed into place. If we are thinking of Leo oh, yeah. and uh, more of fixed uh, type energy, but I love what you're saying about people um, being drawn back to the past with the the solar eclipse that happened in the in Cancer, and it's so interesting because I I can totally see how that 
would manifest in uh, some of the people that I have talked to in situations that I saw. But it's so interesting at the same time, because like you're saying, the nodes move. So the nodes are about to move uh, back into Cancer and then the Capricorn axis. Um, And so that solar eclipse was a like a new uh, like a foreshadowing of energy of what we're going to work on for the next you know couple of years when it's in there but at the same time it brings back elements of the past in order to start that new chapter so i find that very interesting and i hadn't kind of like put those two together yet um so excellent observation and especially since that particular eclipse had sun opposite pluto um so obviously if anything had been you know lying underneath and in that kind of underworld belly uh, and with Mars retrograde, you know, anything that's pent up that needs to come out, that makes total sense. Um, So I love what you have going on there. And if we think about this being the last solar eclipse, there's one more lunar eclipse that's going to happen in in, uh, Leo, I believe, at the beginning of next year. But it's the last solar eclipse. I hope. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> um, so it makes me think of uh, the fact that we have like worked on kind of our heart space and that heart intention for so long, and now we can finally kind of set that into motion uh, with this eclipse um, for good. Like kind of fix it into yeah. place, you know? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's what Leah's all about. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I well, well. What is Leo all about? You would know better. Words of a Leo. Yes, Leo. Let's hear from the lioness's mouth. What would you? Yeah. Uh, what would you? I say? think that Leo energy is all about connecting to the heart, and I think that um, it's interesting. Like when I meet people that don't have a lot of Leo energy, I feel like love and feeling love can be kind of harder. Like it's more of a logical thing mm. than it is um a, a body chemistry or just kind of, I'm not saying every Leo feels that way but I think that um yeah it's 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 a lot about sharing love and sharing I mean it's a lot about sharing I look at Leo energy in myself as I just always want to share everything um more so than most people I think and not I don't mean just in social media but I just mean like it's important for me to like have people to do things with because I only, my existence only really feels validated if other people are enjoying it, but it's not, it's not as like Leo, I think gets kind of a rap for being self-centered. And I think while there are a lot of self-centered performer based Leos, it really is about whether or not the, the person or people on the other end are genuinely enjoying it. And if there's like a genuine like love soul connection there. Um, when it's in its light aspect, I think the shadow aspect of Leo, if there's an insecure Leo, it manifests more into an ego projection in that way. But yeah. yeah and I think connecting to like the inner child, like mm-hmm. even though the full card is ruled by Aquarius, I feel like because Aquarius is that opposite of Leo, I think Leo possesses that quality that kind of gets brought out into the Aquarius, like 11th house energy. Like there's that need for that playfulness, that kind of, you know, where we dream, where we fantasize, where we can kind of connect to more of the theatrical side of life that rules the fifth house, creativity, the flow of creativity and Leo energy too. I feel like 
fire energy, especially is some of the hardest to like really define, like, cause it's yeah the spark, it's the spiritual spark. And I think that like, whenever I've talked to people that also lack fire in their charts, that's usually the hardest for them to understand is like, okay, well, I get what water, I get what emotions are. I get what water is. I get what air in the mind is. I get what the physical earth body is, but what the hell is, what is spirit? What is fire? It's like, it's this very abstract thing. And I feel like Aries and Leo and Sagittarius are all about more of this connection to creative energy. It's what, it's what drives us. It's our why, you know, it's like, how, how do we make ourselves want to be here? You know, that's kind of what makes humans kind of weird, you know, is like (laughs) little something extra. And I feel like Leo kind of in that fifth house is, you know, it's about that. Not saying other signs don't possess the same qualities, but yeah. 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 If you're lacking fire, you know, it's almost like you're lacking fire. Just that. Because, you know, if we think about fire, we think about inspiration, you know, we think about passion um, and something that rises up from within, right? Because heat rises. So it it makes sense. And I, you know, and when you're, when you're a fiery person like myself and yourself, you know, because you have that, you have that Leo energy and you're Sag rising, right? Yeah. That, that same um, fire going on. When you talk to people that don't have as much fire, sometimes it's almost like I'm trying to rev them up. Like I want a better response. (laughs) You know, I want the same like enthusiasm because that's another thing with fire is it's enthusiastic about what it's expressing itself about. Right. Um, So I, I feel you girl. (laughs) Totally. It's, and then if you're around fire signs that don't, are they're not like in touch with that part of themselves? Like they're trying to dim their light Mm. in that way like that manifests into kind of like a negative way. So I think I've learned too about being a Leo, like, well, first growing up as a Leo, I thought everyone wanted to be a Leo. So that's where the self-centeredness comes in is that Leo thinks everyone wants to be a Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it great? (laughs) Yeah, I will admit that. But then you get older and you realize everyone's sick of Leo's shit. If it's like, (laughs) if your fire's like blazing to the point it needs to come down and get contained. So then, you know, as a Leo in your teenage years, you're trying to like contain this fire, especially if you're double fire, triple fire, you know, kind of sign. And then, you know, you dim it down to the point where it's almost out and you feel horrible and not like yourself and then you realize like the only way you can be a leo or a fire sign is if that fire is a blazing but i think any fire sign or any fire dominant person knows that you have the hardest job of walking in that middle mm-hmm. where you always that you always are having to throw kindling on or take it down because you're either going to burn the whole place down or you're going to lose your light for good. And so I think that's kind of the, the hardest task for a fire sign. That oh I, my God. I love that. That's a great yeah. analogy. At least. Yeah. <laughs> it's true because you do, you have to, you have to tend it and stoke it. But at the same time, if it gets out of control, then you're going to burn the whole place down. Yeah. Um, so I love that because you can't let it go out. And I've witnessed that myself, you know, when we have certain times and that might be part of this uh, solar eclipse that's happening. Cause you know, we're having a new moon. So essentially we're setting an intention of some sort, a heart based intention. 
that is going to fulfill itself, um, you know, in the coming months and probably in the next couple of years, it'll fully play out. Um, but yeah, you know, when you're faced with certain situations in your life, or at least me personally, um, where you get disheartened, disheartened, you know, and then you pull back and then you lose that fire and you, you, and it, because it's hard. It's hard when you get pushed down a little bit for, for having those type of qualities or you're so enthusiastic. When have you been, Mercury is killing me right now. So when when have you been enthusiastic about something and then someone throws like some water on it? Yeah. Or, you know, and, uh, and so when I feel like I've been dampened out or like life has dampened me in a sense, um, yeah. you know, sometimes I, I would just let the fire go out, but then over some time you realize that that's not sustainable because, um, you know, it gets cold yeah. real quick. Like you're saying like that kind of detachedness and not being, uh, centered back in that. And so it is very important to have that balance because if you do have that fire energy, and we all do in some respects in our charts, some way more than others, um, you know, you have to you have to tend to that because otherwise, it, it it will get you. Like it'll haunt it'll haunt you. Passion haunts. <laughs> Expression yeah, haunts. Totally. <laughs> it totally does. You can't you can't ever completely put it out when it's there. Yeah, I feel like it was especially if it's there in a strong way. But yeah, I feel like it's interesting this year. I feel like people, maybe it, maybe I'm just witnessing things in a way I haven't before, but I feel like the energy around Leo season this year is extra positive. I don't know Mm. if you noticed that, but I feel like everyone after the cancer eclipse and the Aquarius lunar eclipse was just like, thank God for Leo season. I think I've been (laughs) around people where I feel like I have to diminish my Leo and Sag kind of qualities, I, I felt like, oh, okay, cool. Like I can, I can step into myself this year and not feel so, um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I think everybody's kind of, I think self-love has been a theme over the last few years on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe some of the Leo eclipse energy is helping people see the benefit of that and seeing the the light aspect of Leo and how Leo allows there to be space for that. And that's what I feel like this new moon is about is kind of finding ways to cultivate self-love around your belief systems. And the lunar eclipse is here to kind of raise up all those insecurities so that they can be acknowledged and kind of, you know, Aquarius energy is very like hard and intellectually like focused in a rebellious kind of way. And I feel like if we're feeling all of this judgment or imploding on the self because insecurities are being brought out into the light with some of this square energy going on, I feel like the Leo's in here to kind of help you figure out, okay, well, how do I make space to love myself through the growing pains? And I feel like it's here to kind of get us back in line with our goals, you know, like, who are we? What do we want? What are we doing here? Yeah. How well, do we yeah. How we have fun. Absolutely. How do we find joy? How do we express ourselves? Are we expressing ourselves from the heart's base? Because um, essentially... <laughs> Before I forget, I want to say that when Leo season rolled around, you had a hilarious Instagram post. I can't remember what it looked like, but you were just like, well, yeah, we can let it all out now. Yeah. It's, 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 it's no shame. 
I'm done apologizing for it. I know I'm a good person. Yeah, no, it's okay. I have enough Leo in me to really appreciate that. Um, anyways, I wanted to get that out before I forgot that because it was it was pretty funny. So people go look at her feed uh, to check that out. Um, but yeah, so basically we have Mercury retrograding over this point where we're going to have this uh, solar eclipse in Leo. Um, and then Jupiter is all squaring the energy from Scorpio. Um, and we have our uh, Sun-Mercury conjunction uh, when Mercury's retrograde, that halfway point a few days before the eclipse. So I think you're absolutely right about um, about the self-love aspect, but I, th- I almost feel like we've gotten far enough along in those lines. Like, I totally agree, but I almost feel like we've, like you said, it's been very prominent online for the last, you know, couple of years because it's almost like we were um, guided in that direction, uh, based on circumstances and what we were going through in our lives where we had no chance, uh, but to learn self-love in order to survive it all and to like reconnect with ourselves and reconnect with the heart. Um, so I think if anything, I feel like this, this solar eclipse might be putting that self-love that you speak about into motion mm-hmm. because now we we're, especially with this retrograde, the Mercury retrograde, uh, going over this point, getting us more and more aligned with that Leo energy, at least in our mind's eye, um, so that we can, uh, you know, because the mind has to be on the same page as the heart. And I really think that this retrograde is helping that along. Um, so, you know, it might not be immediate, all this kind of eclipse action, especially with all these retrogrades. We were just talking about this, what, like yeah. seven retrogrades it'll be with Uranus going uh, backwards, backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's hard to say it's if it's perception. It's all an illusion. Right. It's like a hologram. It you is. Can be whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it is all hologram everywhere. Anything. Anything. I <laughs> that's for another podcast though. Um yeah. and <laughs> so I, I totally feel you. Like I think we're I think this especially with Jupiter squaring from Scorpio and Jupiter from Scorpio has been kind of in intense. What better word can we have for it? Yeah, <laughs> right. Totally. Um, and so now we're really pushing through, uh, into that growth. Finally, now that it's squaring, like it's like, okay, well, uh, maybe I'll have to put my heart on the line to some extent in order to make the changes necessary to align with it for the future. Um, but that's just one way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I feel like overindulgence is definitely a theme with some of the Jupiter energy too. Like it's been hard. It's been hard with the retrogrades so far that have been very action oriented, but then some of the Jupiter and Neptune aspects to kind of balance that with staying disciplined. I feel like, like there's been a lot of kind of like, I want to get all the stuff done, but I also want to distract myself and overindulge over here. And I feel like the eclipse has a lot of that in it. Like the theme kind of around like, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) I have all these things I want to do, but I also am kind of over here and overindulgent fantasy land. And how much is my mind ruling the show right now? Like you're saying the mind heart connection. So I feel like it'll just bring more of that stuff to the surface. And yeah, I think that if, if we're in a place of setting the intentions and we're moving towards Virgo season through that, um, Virgo season will probably be where we start really seeing it physically 
come out because Virgo is focused on that. But I feel like it is important that we just let go. I think this is really like make sure before the 11th, you let go of any weird residual stuff from the past year and really get clear about what the heart wants. I feel like I've been doing a lot of work with my heart chakra this year and the heart is the mirror. The heart reflects exactly what it is you're going to get. And a lot of times we'll sit and think, well, I want this logically in my mind. I'm telling the universe I want this. But if the heart isn't actually in that place, let's say your heart's more of in a shadow place where it's like, well, I want Julie to be happy, but really your heart's in this like, fuck Julie, I'm jealous. Like, like you have to pay attention to those shadow and light aspects or the mind and the heart to really understand how much your heart rules the show in terms of a subconscious manifestation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what I'm kind of always trying to teach. I feel like that's my job as Leo is to teach people how to learn how to have that relationship with their hearts and understanding if you don't actually really believe it, or you don't really actually feel it, or you don't actually really want it, it doesn't happen. And if you have shadow stuff that you're suppressing that you haven't worked through, that reflects into the reality. And so I think it, this period is you're, on the 11th, on that eclipse, whatever, wherever your heart is, is whether you intentionally set that intention or not, you're karmically bringing into the next cycle, wherever you're at right now. And so this little window of like shedding and letting go of whatever patterns or belief systems that the first cancer solar eclipse brought up in this trifecta, like get that out, do that healing, do that growth. Don't get mad about it. Like just do it and then try to get your heart in as pure of a place as you can about what it is you want. Be honest with yourself about what it is you're even capable of handling. Cause there's a lot of stuff that I want that I'm not ready for, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that sometimes you be careful what you wish for. for yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a good point though. Thinking about, um, thinking about getting rid of like all that that we've been dealing with in the last month with the eclipse energy. And obviously eclipses take some time to play out. So we're not out of the woods, out of any, any of what we're talking about now. Um, but I think that is a good, a good way to go forward because especially with that sun Pluto opposition, like it brought things up, like it brought deep, dark, <laughs> like whatever you needed to kind of, uh, just re route all that gunk and that muck like to the surface so that we can renovate to then align with, with the heart and what is be what we're being called towards either consciously or like you're saying, you know, the heart might be calling unconsciously and this solar eclipse will bring about something that is aligned with that, but you might not be conscious of what that is just yet, or it might not be what you expect it to be. Um, but I think you make a really good point about releasing what, um, especially what's brought up in the last month, because I think that that purging was, you know, the universe is a little like, mm -mm, you know, <laughs> nudge to like, come on, do the work. <laughs> so I'm excited. I feel like it's going to be really positive for setting, you know, the next, the rest of the year into motion, like you were saying, for sure. Yeah. And even like the rest of the year and then through, um, you know, the next couple of years as we get to this next 
as we get into the Cancer Capricorn axis, when the nodes shift there, um, you know, the Leo, Leo North node seems so important because this is a, a period and a rare period that we only get to go through every 18 and a half years um, to, to uh, you know, align, emotionally align with that, with that heart in like a deeper or soul purposeful way. And so we don't want to lose this opportunity, right? You know, so if your heart is speaking, it wants to speak, you got to (laughs) listen. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's a lot of listening going, going on, uh, right now, as far as that's concerned. Um, and especially since if we look back to that Taurus new moon that we talked about so many ages ago, it seems like, even though it was only three months, um, that was around the time that, I mean, everything was shifting for me personally, even on like lighter levels. Cause I asked Annalisa before we got on here, I was like, Oh, remember when we talked about the new normal, has things changed for you? And she's like, Yeah but not on a, you know, like on a more subtle type of thing. I mean, it's like, there's still time. I mean, like, we're trying to buy land right now, which is new moon and Taurus, Uranus, Taurus. I know. So there, but it's all still up in the air. So it's like, I don't know, if you talk to me in a couple weeks, I might say like, so much has changed, you know, but right now I still feel very, like I was saying, I'm holding my breath. I feel very like, still things are happening. Mm-hmm. Things are happening. Things are happening. Yeah. That, that is about as basic, <laughs> and, but as about perfect as you can be <laughs> right now. <laughs> things are happening. And yeah. even when I think about new normal too, like if you think about new normal, um, for that new moon that basically kind of spurred into action, uh, some of what we are talking, you know, that's metamorphosed into some of what we're dealing with for this solar eclipse. When we think about normal, there's nothing really special about it, right? Like that's what makes it normal. Um, and so perhaps that is, is part of the whole thing is that uh, the new normal, it doesn't have to be shockingly different. Yeah. It's just subtly new and expanding upon itself. That's how Um, it feels. I feel very much like, Yes, everything is new, but it's not, you know, it's not chaotic. Mm. It feels very grounded and very like, but that's for me. I mean, I'm talking to tons of people regularly that are having their new normal maybe be a little more chaotic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And well, that really uh, plays testament to the fact that it depends on what your natal chart looks like and where these are hitting, you know, cause, uh, we can talk about all this so fervently, <laughs> but if yeah. it's not really, you know, contacting a particular part of your chart that is going to set, um, those, those more, uh, drastic things into motion, um, then yeah, you might be like, uh, <laughs> you might be like Annalisa being like, you know, yeah, it's been, yeah but it's subtle. <laughs> and other people I know their whole life has changed dramatically in yeah. so many ways. So, so many people. So many people. And I mean, I, I, I have to be, say that I've been shocked along the way, um, especially with some people's passings. Like I've had a couple friends um, leave this planet uh, in the last couple months. And, you know, that happens, especially the older you get, you know, then it, it makes you realize how, um, how much you should not take advantage of, you know, every day that you live. Very Leo pr- principle, live in the moment, right? You know? <laughs> um, Yes, you got to, because these are the prime examples and reminders of when you're not doing that, you know, what are you missing? You're missing out on life essentially. And there's that fire. There's that thing that we can't put our finger on that we were talking about earlier. And it's just that it's life, right? (laughs) Right. 
Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. That's really frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's, it happens. And I mean, I'm not alone. There's, I'm sure there's many other people that were dealing with the same thing, but even then I've seen how a handful of babies being born. Like, I think I talked about this with, uh, Lisa on two podcasts ago when we were, uh, that two weeks ago was pretty crazy astrologically. And I was like, imagine the babies being born right now. And then all of a sudden they started popping up on my feed. (laughs) Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I think it's going to be a, a crop of some pretty amazing people. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. Some dynamic, dynamic folks that are being born right now. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. <laughs> I get to be somebody's astrologer out of that generation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You'll be like, I remember the time when... <laughs> The world was in chaos. Donald Trump was president. (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's funny. Um, I know. Well, that's the funny thing is when you track the planets like we do, like chances are as time goes on, we might have those moments where, you know, you see someone decades later and you're like, I remember that period. I remember living that period. (laughs) I know. I, I feel like I already feel like I'm doing that in some other dimension, some like parallel. Yeah. Kind of thing. Especially when I talk to like older people, older astrologers and people that talk about the sixties and seventies in that way, you know, it's yeah. just, I already can kind of see how this is going to, these podcasts we're doing, the blogs we're writing, you know, all of the stuff, like this little collective of people, even online, you know, like mm-hmm. the way that we're doing this, like on Zoom, is going to be outdated technology someday. So, yeah, and talk about it, you know, and it's going to be so. But like this, what we're doing right now for us is like the future, you know. Like this yeah. is like information age, like crazy. Like we're on Star Trek, you know, kind of being able to see each other and talk about the stars. You in San Diego, me here. It feels so new you know oh yeah well I mean if you were like if you asked uh, Mel 20 years ago (laughs) if I would have foreseen this um I'm not sure that I would have said yes uh I remember being just fascinated with the computer in general um when I first got to like kind of I mean I grew up with some Apple E's and stuff like that because I'm a I'm a child of the late 70s um so I got those you know old old uh Oregon Trail computers, the, the, the floppy disk that just goes right in. I know, me too, me too. But I remember, you know, the first time I was ever introduced to like AOL um, and all, all that uh, and like a chat room where you could yeah. talk to people online. What? I love chat rooms. I was in chat rooms like 24-7 when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I, I had a problem. They, yeah. It wasn't even my computer. And so I really had a problem. <laughs> Leo needs to share. Like you have to connect. Yes. Like had to express. Yeah. That's why social media is good for Leo's because it's like, if you don't have people in your life, which when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't have people in my life that I could really be myself with. And Mm -hmm. so social media was like so positive for me in that way. And that's, why even pe- even though people complain about it or think that it's toxic for Leo, it's really positive. Yeah. <laughs> like, it makes it so the people in our lives don't have to deal with us as often. <laughs> you probably, I'd be out partying still probably all the time if it weren't for social media. Just to kind of like like now, I can stay at home. I don't have to leave my house. I can be an introvert extrovert. 
you know. From the comfort of your own couch. <laughs> oh, no, hold on a second. I'm, oh, man, can you pause? <laughs> uh, I will. Oh, uh-oh. I foresaw oh. this happening. She foresaw it. I can't answer the door right now. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a perfect Mercury moment. That was that's going to be a podcast. That's the thing about living in a house is mm-hmm. solicitors or, you know, like I think she was probably from a school, like trying to raise money. So that's, oh. I didn't have any cash or anything. Anyways, but I, I, it's funny though. Like I had this feeling that that was going to happen during this podcast. And I put my dogs away just so that they wouldn't, they're crazy right now. And so the fact that that happened, I'm just like, I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. It hasn't happened in a really long time. That's funny. The Pisces moon knew. She just sensed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I the sun is going down on me. So uh, for the video here, we will... Um, uh, well, before we go, let's talk about real quick, just tips for setting intentions with the heart or from the heart. Um, do you have anything to share maybe from of like how to kind of connect and like listen or to set things up or just any type of anything along those lines. Yeah. Setting intentions with the heart. I think it's really important to use tarot cards when you're wanting, if, if you're somebody that has a lot of mental chatter, mm-hmm. I think the tarot can be really good for helping. If you use tarot cards and you're listening to this to, you know, make a spread for yourself that is like, what intentions should I be setting for this solar eclipse and pull like five or six cards and journal kind of what comes up. And then I always like to include like a couple letting go cards, usually of stuff that could be getting in the way of those intentions. And I like this because I think that, you know, if your mind's, you know, when I was talking about like, sometimes it's hard, you say you want something, but the heart wants something else. And I think the tarot can kind of help you decipher the mind versus the heart and where things are coming from. And so for me, that's usually how I decipher um, and meditating kind of on those themes and seeing kind of what comes up. So that, and then I also think that just setting intentions around gratitude, like I think every time you ask the universe for something, it's important to thank the universe for what you have already and to really take stock for what you've already been given. And so we ask for a lot as humans, like we're constantly, you know, we're constantly wanting more, wanting more, <laughs> more, more, more. And humans are like setting intentions for more of what we want. And so um, if you're going to do that, if you're going to set intentions for more of what you want, do it, but include other people in that. Um, Leo likes to share. So uh, find people in your life that you want that those good things to happen to as well and include that in your intention setting. And then I would say that this is mostly around, it's like the spirit, right? It's not, it's not saying so much in the physical, not saying that you can't do that, but with the Leo spirit, you know, we're not putting a finger on it kind of energy. This is about cultivating self-love, healing, confidence, the strength card, inner strength, inner confidence, temperance, even though that's Sagittarius, I really feel like temperance is really important in that. Like how do we stay confident while also being humble? It's really common for us to get on that high horse and get knocked down real quick. If we're, if we're not riding, it's the, what I talked about earlier, you got to ride that line. You got to keep the flame going, but you can't burn it out and you can't blow it up. So setting your intention for like, how do I, 
how do I maintain self-love and confidence and go after what I want without, you know, getting too impatient or ahead of myself and trusting in my journey and trusting in how my journey develops versus comparing myself to the journey of others, which Leo can sometimes fall into because Leo likes to share. Leo can also compare and so can Aquarius. Those, that polarity can be very, um, the five of swords and the five of wands, the competition comparison cards are, um, really congruent with that. So letting go of the need to compete or compare and setting intentions for more of like a collective unified, uh, respect for the journey, respect for the process mm-hmm. and respect for the moment. If we keep thinking about, you know, fire and like reminding ourselves, you know, the intention of living in that moment, um, while, while doing it all, uh, just because, especially with Aquarius, Mars retrograde there, you know, we're thinking a lot about the future, especially with Jupiter squaring as well. So it's good to think about the future, but at the same time, how can we like utilize this particular moment in order to set that up because it'll be all the moments of the now that will eventually get us to the future, which will then be the now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> effect. yeah. You want your future self to thank you. I had a coworker and she also always would thank her future self whenever her future self would do something. Right. Mm-hmm. So once we were in the future, she would say like, thank you past Sierra for setting future Sierra. (laughs) She would do something and she'd say, I'm going to do this for future Sierra because future Sierra will really like this. And she'd always kind of talk about herself in third person. And I do that now after working with her for a couple of years when we work together and it's kept me motivated because I'm always thinking about, you know, that's what you're doing when you're setting intentions, you know, you're thinking about your future self and wanting to clear path to mm-hmm. that future that you're trying to manifest for yourself and yeah, think, make your future self happy. <laughs> yeah, make your future self happy now because it has to start sometime. So, yeah. um, you know, and I find that even just breathing into the heart, like, you know, if you're doing heart chakra work or doing chakra work, you know, kind of just breathing in, you know, like, you know, breathing it down in out, you know, and kind of connecting it. Um, and connecting with it and then asking, you know, think of something that's really joyful in your life or that you want to connect with. Um, and then, you know, like light it up and then ask it questions. Cause you know, it's, the heart has its own mind in a sense. It has like a heart mind. <laughs> um, and so I, I feel like you can ask it yes or no questions. Um, if you really need to get down to, you know, the bottom of something to get clear on your intentions. Cause sometimes, you know, if you have, especially if you have some Libra planets, um, <laughs> you know, you might be a little indecisive about what the heart wants. And so it's like, how do we set the intention if we don't know what that intention is? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a way to maybe get clear on it first because, you know, sometimes you just don't know until you ask, right? Um, and sometimes if you're Jupiter dominant, you just want it all and it makes <laughs> it really hard. So you have to also be a little realistic, a little Saturn in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Disciplined. <laughs> yeah. And we have Venus squaring Saturn this week, which is a whole nother thing as I talk about Libra. We're not talking about any of this other action going on that's leading all up to it. Well, I guess you could maybe cover it all real quick, like just mentioning it 
Yeah. Here at the end. Well, you know, and I will have mentioned it further in the podcast prior to us talking, but to recap, because I mean, really like we, we talked about the fact that the sun and um, Mercury are both squaring Jupiter in this solar eclipse. Uh, They're having their conjunction together. Um, But we also have uh, Uranus basically stationary right now. It's just turned, well, not now as we talk, but when you hear this, (laughs) it'll be stationing retrograde. Um, And then Venus is going to trine Mars retrograde, uh, square Saturn and oppose Chiron. So Venus is in for a bit of a rework this week, Um, uh, particularly if we think about Libra and we think about Venusian principles, we think about harmony and balance. And so I feel like, um, especially our animal ambassador this week, uh, if you listened earlier is, is the mountain goat. <laughs> um, and it talks about balancing one's life and something is out of balance at the moment. So I think that there is going to be that element, uh, as we lead up to the solar eclipse of having to find a certain level of balance and harmony within ourselves before we are able to even kind of set those, intentions fully. So luckily that eclipse is at the end of the week after we've kind of get through all these other planetary places, placements first. Oh, it's a lot, Annalisa. <laughs> I'm excited for it though. Yeah, me it's too. Yeah. yeah. So mostly because my birthday's coming up, but you know, I'm kind of excited because Mercury goes direct on my birthday and my birthday is the week after the eclipse. Oh. So well, you know, and uh, the great Nina Griffin, who I just love, uh, when I was, took um, a class of hers at UAC, uh, and we were talking about the solar return chart, and we were talking about when a planet is stationary in the solar return, <laughs> it signifies oh. some great changes that can happen that year, especially in whatever that represents in in your chart um and you know the houses that it represents and stuff along those lines so you're gonna have to get in there and see what old mercury stationing direct uh might have in store for you i'm having a solar return reading on my birthday with my astrologer so oh perfect yeah, yeah. that'll be great you'll have some fun things to tell me that i might not think of or know about Oh yeah. So you, it's always good to get an outside opinion and that's what we're here for. Right. Even when I'm yeah, in the dark, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, crazy, like sometimes when you talk to people that are wired differently than you, how much you realize you have to offer from a different perspective mm-hmm. wired differently. Like it's just beneficial to learn so many different points of view from different. That's why astrology is so fun. That's why I love astrology because it's like the same stuff, but in a million different ways, different things and how it all comes together and how we can all learn from the way we all process things differently. So perfect topic of conversation, right? (laughs) Endless talk and we could talk here forever, but uh, I feel like um, Elton John right now, Feels like the sun's going down on me, which it has. <laughs> and I'm in the complete dark if, you have, if you're watching this video. <laughs> I'm all, ooh. Um, so, all right. Well, I think, I know, which is so funny because we're on the same coast, yet, yet you are all lit up and I am, 
I'm yeah. you are Sag rising up and I am Scorpio rising down right now. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so, anyways, well, we'll leave you with the uh, with the words of connecting to the heart. Right? Is that yes. essentially what we're doing here? Connecting with the heart and embracing that self love in order to move forward into the future. Um, all right, Annalisa. So tell people where they can find you, you know, your site, uh, what you do, what you have an offer and all that. Yeah. You can find me at cosmiclady6.com. Um, and on Instagram at cosmiclady6 and I do tarot readings and astrology, natal chart readings, primarily in transits. And then also, yeah, guidance around love, work, life, cultivating self-love, heart chakra work, dream work meditation stuff, all that good stuff, witchcraft, spells, rituals, anything. Yes. Karmic healing. I'm really into helping people discover their karmic path. So Mm. all those goodies. Yes. Well, there's that Jupiter, that Sag Jupiter. Once again, we're we're back to doing it all. (laughs) Everything. I love it. That I'm very overwhelming when you have a reading with me because of how much you get. So I see that as both positive and negative. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, 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 I feel you. I, I, I can hear the same thing too. Yeah. Um, and I try to bring it back, you know, pull in what's most important in that moment, but it's hard because, and then even then you only, you don't even tap it. Even what's overwhelming to that person, we've only tapped into like 10%, right? Well, it's like yeah. an, uh, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Crazy. It's funny. So go check her out uh, at Cosmic Lady Six, and she always has fun things to look at every day. There's always funny, uh, just funny memes and um, am I saying that right? Memes, memes. They're memes, right? I'm the only one who says that wrong. <laughs> Memes, memes. No, me, me. I haven't even heard that one yet. Okay, I'm gonna call it the the mem meme meme. Uh, but they're so, they're, they're really funny and, uh, you always got great content up. So definitely go check her out. Thanks uh, for having me. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we know that we'll have, hopefully have you back again, you know, three times our charm. <laughs> um, so where can you find me? Well, aside from finding me in the dark, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. Um, and once again, if you want to check out my uh, tarot subscription online and all my Patreon stuff, you can find that at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Uh, and like Annalisa, I also do consultations either one-on-one here in San Diego or via Zoom um, anywhere in the world. And I do uh, one that's called Astro Meets Tarot, where I combine both astrology and tarot together. Um, and if you like what you hear today, you know, spread the good word because sh- as, as the Leos say, sharing is caring. <laughs> uh, so it's good to let other people know. And if you feel so inclined to also share your words of encouragement, I will gladly accept a nice review on iTunes um, because that will help me get more visible um, in the future. Uh, so, all right. Thank you again, Annalisa, for being here. Uh, wishing you a wonderful eclipse. <laughs> you too. And, uh, yes. Woo! <laughs> all right. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And until next time, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.